The text for our meditation this morning are the gospel reading that was read for you, especially earlier today. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, thank you for this day, for sending us Jesus to be our Lord and our Savior, and sending us to share your love in our words and in our actions, especially to people who are yet to hear and to believe in you. So teach us how, and send us, and encourage us, and be with us, and help the people who hear to respond in your time and according to your will, that they may rejoice as we rejoice in your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. For the last uh, three weekends, Pastor Dan and I have been sharing this series called Living a New Vision, Stepping into God's Future for Our Church. Pastor Dan started off by asking the question, why? Why do we want to do this? Since really the vision, the mission that God has given to the church is something that hasn't changed. God wants us to reach other people and share the pe- with them the good news that Jesus loves them, that he died for them, that he rose from the dead, that he came to forgive their sins and to give them hope. Just as he gives us this hope of spending eternity with him without having to deal with all the challenges that we have to deal with. God is a God to be praised and glorified. We looked at Psalm 96 and heard those words, spoke those words, and were reminded that God wants people to believe in him. He's their creator. He's their savior. He's the one who continues to be among us as he promises the Holy Spirit. The next week, I asked the question, who? Who are we supposed to go to? And the image that I used was sharing from Luke 19 the story about Zacchaeus, the tax collector, a man who had been born as a Jew, a man who had been a chosen child of God, but who turned away from all of that so that he could collect money for the Roman occupying force, get as much money as he wanted from his countrymen. And so from their perspective and his own, he was lost, he was condemned, he was rich, but he didn't have peace. And so he heard about Jesus, so he goes up in a sycamore tree and Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming down to your house. And Jesus spoke to him a message of love, compassion. And Zacchaeus responded with joy. For Jesus had given to him this message of hope and love. And he said, I don't need all of this money. I'm going to give it back to the people. I'm going to give money to the poor. Well, to the people who are like Zacchaeus in our lives and in our community who live without hope, Jesus sends us to them too. Last week, Pastor Dan asked the question, what? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to do it? We'll get to the how today. But the what 
He shared with us this important point that Jesus told his disciples, just as he tells us today, this is who you are as a child of God. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light to the world. Think about what salt does and why we like to use salt, at least the vast majority of us. To add a little bit of salt or maybe a lot of salt to add flavor. The flavor that we can enhance in someone's life. Do you know people who live a flavorless life? A tasteless life, if you will, who can use a little more taste, a little more salt by what you do, by what you say to them and to impact their life? You are the light of the world. You know how a little light, a little match, a little candle can lighten up a dark room? When you go into a room full of people without hope, or you sit down and you talk to one person, one-on-one, -on -one, and they are without hope, when you take time to listen to them, to love them, to care for them, you can bring the light of Jesus to them in a way that Jesus has equipped you to do. Just as he's given you this light and this hope. And that's what he wants us to do. He doesn't say, this is what I want you to do. He says, this is who you are. As a child of God, you are the light of the world. You are the salt to the earth. This is who we are. He also used this diagram, which is kind of helpful for us to think about how we can reach other people. And if you look at the bottom line, you see the size of everything, of the event and the gathering goes both... Uh, directions, and then the vertical line says personal impact on the left-hand side with the arrow going straight up to indicate the personal impact is greatest at the top. So you start off with a large net of fishing events or regular gatherings. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And then the medium size is a little bit smaller of an impact, but those are the medium small events or, or regular gatherings. These can be Bible studies. These can be service projects. These can be a number of different types of things. And then you get the one-on-one -on -one or the two-on-one. -on -one. That's when you really have the opportunity to sit down and to talk to somebody, help somebody in a very intimate way and share with them who Jesus is and what he's done for them. So the what helps us to see what we can do to share the love of Jesus. And so it is with the people who are not yet connected to Jesus. And so today we ask the question of how. How are we going to do this? How do we do it? After Jesus rose from the dead... And he appeared to his disciples in an upper room. In John 20, we are told what happened. He said a very important thing to his disciples. First, he said to them, peace be with you. 
And then he said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Important words for us to consider today. Perhaps you remember about a year and a half ago, we read this book and preached on a series called Loved and Sent. It was a book that was written by Jeff Clater, a pastor who grew up in a pastor's home. And he describes in there his own story, his own challenges of believing that he was loved by God and ultimately sent by him. And so in this book, he helps us to see as Christians, it's important for us to know we are loved by God. How do you know you're loved by God? Look at the cross. If you ever doubt God loves you, look at the cross. Because Jesus died on that cross for you. He gave up his life for you. He endured pain and suffering for you. Because he loves you. He loves you unconditionally. And because he loves you and he loves everyone else who he died on the cross to pay for, he sends you and he sends me. It's pretty simple, isn't it? We're loved and we're also sent. Sent by Jesus to share his love with other people. We are loved so much that he claimed us in the waters of baptism and said, I am with you always to the end of the age. You could never do anything so bad. You could never say anything so bad. You could never think anything so bad that I will not love you and forgive you. And so that's why we take time in our worship to tell God, I'm sorry. And then we hear from God through the pastor speaking for Jesus. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. He paid the price for your sins on the cross. So don't let the devil create doubt and fear and shame in your life. Instead, look to the cross. And remember Jesus' promise that he loves you and he sends you. And one of the really cool things for us to be able to know about him sending us and him loving us is that before Jesus died on the cross, he was with his disciples in an upper room, and he told his disciples, when I leave, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. He called him the paraklesis. It's a Greek word that the King James Version translates and say paraclete. Other translations say comforter, counselor, helper. It means the person who's there alongside you to walk with you, to help you, to teach you, to guide you. And he says, the Holy Spirit will teach you the truth. And he will remind you of the things that I taught you. The things that we're able to read and understand in the Bible. To share with others as well. And so the Holy Spirit, the comforter, Counselor is here with us. You see, the Holy Spirit goes with us when we are sent. We never have to worry, even though we do as human beings. 
I don't see him, so how do I know he's really there? How do I know he's going to guide me? How do I know that he's going to use me? Well, the promise is there that he will, and he does. We just have to do. We just need to pray and love, and God will do amazing things. Okay, there's a number of different times in the history of the church when people have had great desires and wanting to do what God wants them to do, but they don't necessarily do it the right way. There's a story, in fact, that was written by Eugene Peterson, who tells the story of having grown up in a Pentecostal church. And so he knew that it was important for him to pray for people, to do his best that he could to try to evangelize, to share the good news with others. So he had this one boy in his school who was a real bully. And so he prayed for this bully. He wanted God to work in this bully's life. And one day, as he was praying for this bully that was torturing him, something happened. He got tired of this guy bullying him. So he was able to get the upper hand, trip the guy, and start pummeling him. And as he sat on top of him, pummeling him, he, yelled, he continued to yell out to him, accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And this little boy, the bully, relented so he would finally get off of him. Well, it's obviously wanting to do the right thing, but it's the wrong way. Well, sometimes that happens to us, too. Sometimes we try to do the saying and do these things all on our own, without God. But Jesus himself depended on God the Father and his relationship with him to teach us. Sometimes we can want to do the right thing for the wrong reasons. You know, sometimes we want to try to fix people, right? Sometimes we want people to do things just because we think it's going to be better for everybody and especially for us. And so we may actually try to love them, but it's for the wrong reason. You see, Jesus wants us to love them because he died for them. And not just for ourselves. We are to love because we are loved. Loved by God. The right thing is only right if we do it in the right way for the right reason. And what's the right way? With God at our side, guiding us and blessing us. We as a church are sent by God. Sent by God to share his love sent by God to show his love to those, and the Holy Spirit will guide us. That's his promise to us. As the Father has sent me, Jesus said, I am sending you. And our gospel reading for today is really more of a metaphor of one of the ways that we can do this, the how. You remember the story Jesus tells about his disciples? After he rose from the dead, they went back to the Galilee, and the guys were doing what they know best. They went out fishing. 
And they continued to fish all night. But then in the next morning, they hear Jesus ask, hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, not too good. Jesus says, well, throw your net on the other side. And when they do, they catch more fish. So many fish because they listened to Jesus. Jesus' words changed the direction. Jesus helped them to have a huge impact in being able to catch the fish the right way. And so Jesus tells us, too, as he told the disciples, that we are to be fishers of men. So how do we do that today? There's a couple different things. One, we have to remember that in order to catch any fish, we have to go fishing. We're not going to catch any fish by staying inside the walls of the church or, the, or our homes or other places oftentimes. We have to get to know people. We have to listen to their needs. We have to care about their stories. We have to go to them. Secondly, we will learn to fish by fishing together. We learn how to do fishing like this by doing it together. It's not something that you can so much read in a book as it's something that you do by doing. We pray and we do it as God gives us the words, as God guides us in what we are doing. The third, net fishing is different from angle fishing. With the rod and a reel, we throw out the bait and we wait for the fish to come to us. Net fishing, on the other hand, you have to go to the fish. You have to know where the fish are. It requires coordinated effort and teamwork to be able to use that net and to bring in the fish together. We do this together or we don't do it at all. And finally, we must keep in mind the goal of it all. We are reaching out to people, and we are loving people means that we offer them the truth about Jesus. Who is Jesus? And what has he done for you? What has he done for them? And how much does he love us all? So how do we do this? What's our plan? We've got a variety of different ideas that we are working on with our visioning team. We've talked about the people that live in areas that are closer to us. But one of the things that's been happening and some of the things that have been arranged and we've been doing some of these things and we seek to do more are upcoming large net fishing events. There's a movie night that'll be coming up on Friday, April 12th, tentatively an Easter egg hunt the next morning. The Manitou Day Parade that we have a float in on Friday, June 14th. And we're going to be doing a Servant Sunday again on Sunday, June 30th. Last year we did it in July. But it's, we're going to have a service on Sunday morning and then we'll be able to go out and serve. Some do downstairs and projects, some will go out into the community. But we seek to have an impact in people's lives. There's more we seek to do more ways for us to be able to connect people to Jesus and share his love with others. And so it is, I hope you will pray with me 
that God will guide and bless us as a congregation. That people who are yet to hear and believe in Jesus will be able to do so because we have gone as we have been sent and people will rejoice as we rejoice in Jesus who loves us, who forgives us, and empowers us. Amen. The peace of God, which passes our human understanding, guard and protect us in the Christian faith unto life everlasting. Amen.